Thank you so much for that tonight. Uh, this evening's message is a message for all of us tonight, but I, obviously it's kind of um, really pinpointed for David and Katie Joe as far as them going to the field. And, uh, but it's not just for them, otherwise the rest of us would go home and I'd preach just to them. But uh, anyway, you know, um, uh, David, I got to hear him in chapel this last Thursday or so. He preached chapel for the young people. And um, to be honest with you, for the times I've heard him in the past, he's like a different person. And I know it's because Katie Joe started writing his outlines for him. And, uh, but, you know, the unique thing about seeing David, uh, David could give better testimony um, as far as the process of things. But seeing David grow up here, obviously homeschooled his father, such a major influence in his life. And of course he's in heaven uh, now. And, but um, then David got to that place where he graduated from college and asked about going to the, into mission, the mission field. And, and when he tells you age seven or eight or so that he surrendered to God's call, I'm just trying to tell you, David never let go of that. And uh, so when he got done with college, I just told him, I said, listen, David, I don't think you're ready yet. Um, and of course, I think about the time he got married, if I remember correctly, and then he really wasn't ready. And I said, uh, you need to get a secular job for a little while. And, and he did that for about a year, year and a half, and he worked secular. And, and then after that, I said, okay, now it's time to come on staff. And uh, he was on staff for a year at least uh, or so. And, and then uh, shortly after that, uh, it was really about the timing as far as him. And he would always come to me and said, hey, listen, is it, you know, are we getting close to this time? You can always tell David's always been very good. Like his father, too, and of course, father really promoted pastoral authority and getting advice and counsel. And so he was very careful as far as saying what he really wanted to do. He, and he would ask in a kind way, you know, are, are we getting close to getting going? And of course, uh, then get on depu deputation trail. And then, of course, now two years on deputation, am I correct on that? And uh, I'm telling you, it, it, he's just a different person. The Lord has really transformed him into what he is today. And I am more confident. Uh, than ever, and, uh, and I know in my heart that they're prepared and ready, and they are going to do a great job um, over in Kenya, so I'm excited for them as far as I'm going. You know, it's mixed emotions because I tease about, um, we're so thankful the Lord is sending you to Kenya, uh, but it's uh, in your heart, it's people like that you don't want to let go of, and it's kind of like what we said this morning about the families that will be going over to Capital City Baptist Church, get that started. We are not subtracting from our church, we're multiplying from this church and them leaving uh, for Africa on Thursday is a multiplication of the Heritage Baptist Church. It's not a subtraction. And though we will miss them and see them leave, they're gonna start an independent fundamental Bible-leading Baptist Church in Kenya. And then they're gonna see people saved and lives changed and support missionaries and see people go out of that church, which is a multiplication and fruit that abounds to your account. And uh, I'm so thankful for his uh, willingness to do God's call in his life. And though I'm going to miss the two of them, I'm, I'm thankful that they're doing what the Lord has called them to do. Tonight, I want to preach a message, again, not just to David, to all of us tonight. If you look at your Bible now in Jude chapter 1, the Bible says this. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Some of you are turning your pages. I forgot to tell you, there's only one chapter in the book of Jude. All right. Hopefully we are all in the same place, all right? Jude chapter number one, not chapter number four tonight, if you could make sure that you're there. 
what Jude, Jude is obviously the one that has written this, God, again, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says this, and who he's writing to, if I can back up now, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, he's the one that has written this under the inspiration of God, brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God. Now think about to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. So he uses several statements there to really indicate that Jude is writing this letter to those who are saved or lost. Talk to me to those who are saved. So he's writing this letter to those who are saved and he goes on to say in verse number uh, three, uses that term beloved. That word beloved means dear to. It's mentioned I think four times, if I remember correctly, uh, three times, I'm sorry, in this particular passage, verse three, verse number uh, 17 and verse number 20. He says, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you, needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now, church, I want you to notice that Jude said, hey, listen, this was not just something I wanted to write. This was needful for me to write. This is something that I, that it was really of necessity for me to write that you should earnestly contend for the faith. And, and again, can I say that David needs to earnestly contend for the faith, but can I say we need to contend for the faith? That word contend means to struggle, means to fight. And I know that sometimes we, we don't like the fight. But Paul said we should fight the good fight of faith. And it's not fighting amongst ourselves. It's fighting this, this idea of satanic or the lost world's idea of, of, of un, things that are not true, things that are false. And he mentions that in his next, next verse here. Look at verse number four. He says, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of, of old ordained to this condemnation. And what kind of men were they? Ungodly men. What did they do? Turning the grace of our God into, what does it say? Lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Church family, when it talks about turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, it was teaching that grace permits you to live the way you want to live. It, it, in other words, I can sin because of grace. Can I just tell you that I don't sin to get to, to, in order for me to get to heaven. I want to make sure I don't sin so I can please the one who's taking me there. We don't, we, we're, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. It's not, it's not our works. That get, are you saved tonight? Say amen. amen. Then you did nothing to get saved. Jesus did it all. Right. And this idea of, well, you do certain things in order uh, to get saved, that goes back to what Paul, he again wrote about several different times. It's not about law and grace gets me to heaven. It's grace that gets me to heaven. The law is our school teacher. It shows us what's wrong and what's right. And if you're going to please your heavenly father and if you're saved tonight, you ought to try to do your best to live according to the book. But Jude says here, he says, listen, I, that we need to earnestly contend for the faith. And he's talking to saved people. We know that by verse number one. He's not talking to those who are lost or even to those who are back. And he's talking to those who are saved. We need to fight. We need to, again, that, 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 the fight in the Christian life. That's what the Christian life is. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We all have that flesh and that world that we have to deal with on a regular basis in the devil. And we need to fight that good fight. And so here he says that we might earnestly contend for the faith. A church family, without teaching or preaching, I should say, the whole chapter tonight, I really believe that Jude, he's going to use several examples here that talks about these ungodly men. In fact, in verse number um, five, he uses the Israelites that were unbelievers. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you, verse five, that you once knew this, how that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, that was Israelites, after destroyed, uh, afterward destroyed them that believed not. There were unbelievers 
that would again cause trouble there in the wilderness. Verse number six, uh, another example. And the angels which kept not their first, first estate. Another example, verse number seven, even as Sodom and Gomorrah. In verses number eight, I think it's down to verse number 19, he gives a description of these folks that are turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, these ungodly men. In verse number eight, likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. He's going to talk about other illustrations of Cain and Balaam and, and Korah in verse number 11. He continues to explain uh, these different fellows and where they're at. Look at verse 15. To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them all, their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed unto of, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers. And uh, complainers walking after their own lust and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles and of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. They're, they're, excuse me, these be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. Now, church, let me just stop for just a second here. Again, we're not, uh, to just to get the context of the entire letter or, or this one chapter, is Jude is writing this and listen, uh, you that are in the church, you need to earnestly contend for, your, contend for your faith. There have been those who have crept in, those who have gotten into the church and maybe associated with those who were there. He says, listen, they're turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. In other words, you can live your life for the devil and you're saved. It doesn't matter. It does matter. You have a heavenly father. You ought to want to please him. Amen. And so when he gets to the end of the chapter, he, Jude here, he tells how to earnestly contend for the faith. And I want to show you that in two, these last two, one of these two verses here, verse number 20 and 21, he explains the how-to. In other words, to earnestly contend for the faith. I know that we're living in a, in a world today and um, so many people want to claim that they're saved, but they're not saved. All right? You, you, can I just tell you that it's real, real, real pretty, pretty plain. Now, again, we can't see a person's heart. But by their fruits, you shall know them. I don't know, sometimes we get so naive to think just because a person says they know Christ. Can I tell you, there's a lot of people who use the term saved and, and, and Christian, and all, but they're not saved and neither are they Christian. And we as Christians need to make sure that we're aware of those things because why? We're supposed to earnestly, we're supposed to fight, we're supposed to contend for the faith that we've been given. If you're saved tonight, you got saved because the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin. Amen. And I believe with all my heart that he's the one that found you. And I think, I think I like what Brother uh, uh, Martin said this morning about Cornelius and how he had a desire to, to find God. And, and God obviously showed himself, but God knew where Cornelius was. And I want to tell you something, God knew where you were the day you got saved. Amen. Earnestly contend for the faith. David is going to go over to Kenya and he is going to a city where they're just, I was, we were talking about it in the council, that David had decided to go to uh, Kasimi, Kasumi. Kasumu, all right, all right, I'm, I'm, at least it's not too difficult, all right, Kasumu, all right, they were, they were going to go to the city, and when they were over there on their survey trip, there was not, not even one independent Baptist church that was there, and they had decided to go there, now since then, another missionary has gone there, but how many people are in that city, 500,000, I think they might need another church, what do you think? And so he's decided to go there. Can I just tell you that he's going to have struggles. He's going to have fight. He's not necessarily going to have uh, the Heritage Baptist Church next to him to encourage him to keep going. But can I just tell you something? He needs to keep going. You know why? Because he needs to earnestly contend for the faith. He's going to have to deal with things over there that we don't have to deal with. You know, I know that people like to say that America is not a Christian society. But church family, we were founded on Christian principles. 
Just look at our constitution. Just look at our forefathers that were Christians. Look at the Bible that's throughout all of the history documents that are out there. We understand that there was a Christian base to this particular nation. Can you, he's going to go to Africa. And in Kenya, Africa, he's not just going to face, you know, people who claim they're Christian. They don't even claim they're Christian. There's things that he's going to have to deal with, deal with over there. But can I tell you what David needs to do? He needs to earnestly contend for the faith. He's going to come across people who are going to deny. And, and by the way, it doesn't matter if it's Kenya, Africa, or here, where they're going to take the grace of God, turn into lasciviousness. I can act the way I want to, live the way I want to, wear what I want to, do what I want to, say what I want to. Bless God, I'm saved. Can I just tell you, Jude warned against that. He warned against that. Let me, let me stress one more time tonight. Church, we do not do anything to get saved. Jesus did it all. But we do what we do because we've been saved. It's not getting the cart before the horse. Jesus Christ paid, paid it all. And I'm saved, but because I'm saved, I want to please my Heavenly Father. I don't please my Heavenly Father to be saved. I please my Heavenly Father because I am saved. So we understand that. We all need to earnestly contend for the faith. We need to, to go forward. In some cases, it's a fight and it's a struggle. But don't give up and don't quit. Keep going. How do you do that? How's David going to do it? How's Katie Joe going to do it? I think Jude spells it out in these two verses. Let's look at them now. Verse number 20. But ye beloved, dear ones, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. I think he spells out four things here that we as Christians, if we're going to contend for the faith, if we're not going to give up or quit, or do what we want or what others want in, in contrast to what God wants. I think that we need to do these things. So let's look at these four quickly together. The first one is in verse number 20. He says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Now, just me, I think it's pretty clear, in my opinion, when you look at this, when he says building up yourselves upon your most holy faith, can I just tell you the reason you got saved is because you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, can I just also add to that, that where did that faith come from? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the? Okay, so what we're doing tonight by being in church, what we're doing by living the Christian life is based upon the faith, or can, can I say the holy faith? It's the, what the book tells us, that you have a holy Bible and we have a holy faith, and what our, that word faith means persuasion or assurance. Church, I mean, do you, are you going to heaven, yes or no? I think that's called faith. Do you believe that Jesus Christ could come back tonight, yes or no? I think that's called faith. We can't see with our eye, but we believe in our heart. But where does that faith, what's that founded upon? It's founded upon God's word. Can I just tell you how David and Katie Joe are going to make it in a foreign field, in, in, in a land where there's not a, a bunch of sister churches that he can just spend time with? He's going to have to earnestly contend for the faith, and the way that's going to happen is by building up yourselves upon your most holy faith. I want to just tell you, it doesn't matter if you're in Africa or you're in Lawrence, Kansas, you need to be building up yourself upon your most holy faith, and that means you need to build your life upon the Word of God. Amen. How I raise my children, how I conduct myself, how I spend my money, every part of the Christian life is completely spelled out in Scripture, and I want to just tell you something. As the culture of this world continues to get worse, and Americans, and I should say Christians, begin to continue to follow that, we have a tendency to think that we're doing well when all we're doing is keeping a distance from the world instead of taking a stand for Christ, earnestly contending for the faith. How do you do that? You build up yourself. Now, I know it sounds like a self-help, 
But can I just tell you that's exactly what it is. If you're going to be the Christian God wants you to do, what the foundation is the word of God. I build up yourself. Remember that we, we wrote a booklet on it, Add to Your Faith, in Scripture, pretty clear. Is it 2 Peter chapter 1? Verse number 5, he says, But add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Do we understand that all of that is built upon from the day you get saved? If you're not saved, you have nothing to build upon. Jesus Christ is the foundation, and Jesus Christ is the word. So can I just tell you, how is he going to earnestly contend for the faith when there's no other churches to encourage him over there in Africa? How is he going to earnestly contend for the faith and he can't even speak the language of the people that he's around? I want to tell you how he does it. He stays in the book. Amen. He stays in the book. I want to tell you when a person is discouraged and they're having a hard time, they don't like to hear it, but it, it, you, you can't change it. How do you get out of your discouragement? You get in the book. Well, I read my Bible and I, I just, I just still discouraged. Then you're not reading it enough. Stay in the book. Why? Because it's what builds you up in your most holy faith. The persuasion of what we believe and what we do is based upon the word of God. Church family, I'm thankful for the church because Jesus Christ died for the church. He is the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the one. And we know that because our faith and practice is the word of God and Jesus is the word of God. But can I tell you, the church is for us, yes, to come together so that we can worship him and we can glorify him. But also that iron sharpening iron where two or three are gathered together, we understand that there's, an, there's a, a boldness and encouragement, a confidence that comes with us coming together. But do you understand your confidence should not be in the person next to you. Your confidence should be built upon your most holy faith. What is that? It's the word of God. David and Katie Joe are going to experience times of, uh, if I'm not, if I, and I, again, the Lord only knows, but maybe some times of discouragement. They're going to, they're going to face some times of, of loneliness. Church, I mean, there's times that missionaries, by the way, not just our missionaries, there's times where missionaries where they, they can't, they don't have necessarily a, maybe a formal service per se, or maybe they can't get out, or maybe it's just them and their family. But because of uh, technology, they can turn on and listen to their home church. You listen to a service. I'd imagine it gets kind of discouraging sometimes when they're, when they're by themselves. But can I tell you, the only thing that's going to keep them to earnestly contend for the faith is to make sure that they have a regular walk with God in the book. Amen. Listen to me tonight. You know, sometimes we get a little bit judgmental. Jo Josh, I'm still a little warm. Can you turn it down a little bit more? I like this technology thing. <laughs> you can turn those things down while I'm getting up right now. All right? Turn the air conditioner on. I don't care. All right? <laughs> I know you care. Don't worry. <laughs> Do you understand that what we're telling David and Katie Joe to do because they're going to be alone, alone by themselves uh, on halfway across the world is the same thing that Christians are supposed to do on a regular basis on a, in their own life. That's right. I think sometimes we question why we're having such a hard time and we can't even just put two and two together. The reason I'm having a hard time is because I'm not in the book. So how do we earnestly, how are we going to be able to keep the fight going on to, to where I'm going to take a stand against sin and where I'm not going to yield to temptation and where I'm going to tell the, that, that, that person who's trying to entice me to do wrong, I'm going to tell them no. How is all that going to take place? I want to tell you how it takes place. You build up yourself upon your most holy faith, the word of God. That's how you do it. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. It's the word of God that gives us that strength and that power in our life. I can't explain it. All I can tell you, it's the very word of God, and that's what changes a person's life. Amen. How does a person that's on their way to hell go to heaven? 
through the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the word of God transformed them and illuminates their mind that they're a sinner bound for hell and they accept Christ as their savior. Amen. Second of all, look what he says next. If he's going to earnestly contend for the faith, first of all, he's going to build up himself. Talking about David and Katie Joe as well as ourselves. Building up yourselves upon your most holy faith. Look what he says next in verse number 20. Last part of the verse. He says, praying in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes I think sometimes we read these and maybe the prepositions or maybe the English language sometimes is a little bit confusing, but God's not confused about what he says. By the way, if all you got the word praying and that's the only word you got, you got the gist of what he's trying to say. Because seriously, church family, we pray and we don't see it and we don't necessarily hear that still small voice. But can I just tell you what it is? We pray and we have an intercessor called the Holy Spirit of God that goes before the Father. Listen to me tonight. I know we can do a Bible study tonight. There's a lot of scriptures we can turn to. But Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27 is one of those. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he, talking about the Spirit, maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. 1 Corinthians 14, 15, what is it then? I will, uh, I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Hey, listen, I'm not trying to make this deep tonight. Can I just try to tell you, if you're going to earnestly contend for the faith, you're going to have to pray. Amen. And that prayer, yes, comes from these lips, but it's the Holy Spirit of God that intercedes to, for us before God in heaven because of our prayers. Okay, it's, yes, you're not in Africa, but you're no different. You're a Christian and you've got struggles in your life. I can't get my child to go the right direction. I'm having problems in my marriage. I'm having problems as far as my work. I'm having problems internally as far as this, 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 this depression or discouragement or things that are going through my, line, my mind. Can I just tell you that if you're saved tonight, you have a Holy Spirit of God inside of you. And if you would just pray, the Holy Spirit would intercede for you in the sight of God. Do we really believe for with God nothing shall be impossible? If we believe that God can do anything, then I would say we as Christians should be praying for everything. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm not going to Africa. Now, I want to just tell you something. I pray when those uh, missionary DVDs go across, Lord, if you want me to go, I'm, really, I'm willing to go. And to be honest with you, I believe in my heart, I mean, I mean that. But I'm glad he's going. I'm glad he's willing to go. Truth tell me, there's things that, that uh, you know, it, it seems like, a, it seems like a, sometimes people get mesmerized. Sometimes by things like, it's like a person looking at the pastor. Boy, you know, the pastor, that's the job to have. He only works, you know, three hours a week. Yeah. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That's the job to have. <laughs> and I think sometimes a person looks at the missionary. And the missionary gets to travel around and he gets love offerings. And he gets to see the United States of America. But church, I want to tell you something. We're, we're, that's, not, that's not what it's all about. They're going to step on a plane on Thursday with his family, not to see their family for X amount of time. To go to a country that they don't even know the language yet. They said after six months, he's going to talk like a five-year-old. Isn't that a blessing? Can I just tell you tonight that we need to pray for them, but what's going to cause David and Katie Joe to make it and earnestly contend for the faith that they're, that they're doing by going over to a foreign field? It's prayer. Amen. 
It's talking to God. This afternoon, my son Samuel called me. He's taking a class on prayer uh, this, year, this, this year. And uh, he was asking questions about, um, about, the, about the class that he's taken and different things in that. And it just brought to my mind, listening to him talk. Because the questions he asked about prayer, it's things that we do at home. Prayer is not a class. Prayer is, prayer is not um, certain words that you say. We moved over to the new house that we're in, and many of you came over Christmas and you saw the house we live in. But my walking pattern in the mornings, because uh, he asked me about, you know, because I don't kneel in prayer in the mornings, okay? I want to tell you, it's, this is really deep. The reason I don't is I'd be sleeping. I get up in the morning, I get dressed, I come downstairs. And I walk from the, the kitchen, around the hallway, to the, through the dining room, through the dining room, into the uh, first little room there. And then it comes all the way through to the living room and then back to the kitchen. It gives me an area to walk. And I was telling him this afternoon, isn't it interesting that when the disciples were praying with Jesus Christ in Gethsemane, their problem was sleeping. And when Jesus came back to the disciples, you know what he told them? He said, arise and pray lest you fall into temptation. I think the temptation was to sleep. And you know what the answer was? Get up. Arise. Praying is not about, you know, you heard me say the model prayer, and I believe the model prayer is to teach us to pray. And I, I, I said, I'm kind of curious what they teach you in class because Jesus himself said twice, after this manner, pray ye. And I think sometimes we run from the model prayer because the Roman Catholics, they do our fathers or our mothers or whatever, our sisters or whatever they call them. What are they called, Brother Neri? Is it our fathers? They, they are fathers, and they go through those different beads, and they quote the model prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, that will be done. Man, I could get in the habit of that pretty good. I get through all the 50 of them, however many i got to do. I can do it pretty quick. <laughs> prayer is not something we get over. It's our time that we talk to the Lord and that we're sincere in our heart and mind. And he said, don't do it with vain repetition. Though he's given us a model to pray from, he says, now listen, make sure that we pray, and we pray from our heart. Shishman, can I just tell you what's going to cause you to earnestly contend for the faith is to pray. To get up in the mornings and spend time with God and separate from people. And as he said, that, that, that prayer closet of just getting alone. What's going to cause David and Katie Joe to make it? They're not going to make it just because you're over here sending them money. They're going to make it because they pray. They're going to make it because you pray. There is a God in heaven and the Holy Spirit of God goes and intercedes for us and says, hey, listen, Heavenly Father, there's a guy down there praying for this guy over here in Africa. God says, well, answer his prayer. Hey, how are we all going to earnestly, how are we going to continue to make the fight that we're in? I'm just trying to tell you there's a bunch of Christians that have already given up. And there's been enough people who have been castaways. And the reason they've been castaways is because they decided they're no longer going to earnestly contend for the faith. And it's real simple. You've got to be in the book. It's real simple. You've got to pray. Amen. Wish I could tell you something new, David. There's nothing new. That book is what's going to comfort you. That book is what's going to strengthen you. That book is what's going to give you advice. That book is what's going to give you counsel. That book is what's going to show you the path. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. David, like, the, like Brother Smith uh, Sr., all the Smiths are like this. They don't, uh, Brother Smith has ingrained in their children that they don't, they don't ask for things. And I'm very thankful for that. And so David, we've had this conversation as far as when he goes over there. 
because he's, he, I know if he gets into a bind, he's going to be the cover. He won't say anything. And I said, David, you can't do that. Amen. And our church can't fulfill every need, but you got to at least let us know what the needs are so we can pray for those needs. Just remember, if you're going to fight the good fight of faith and earnestly contend for the faith, you're going to have to pray and you're going to talk to God. Quickly, I want you to see uh, number three. Josh, I love you, but you know what? I think you turned the air on up here. Keep it up. I know what your job is tomorrow. All right. Verse, verse number 21. How am I going to earnestly contend for the faith? In verse number 20, I build up yourself and your most holy faith. Get in the book. Number two, praying in the Holy Spirit. We need to make sure we spend time in prayer. Number three, verse 21. Keeping yourselves in the love of God. Keeping yourselves in the love of God. Hey, Church, I know there's a lot of ways a person could look at this, whether it's just the love of God coming this direction or if it's the love of God going this direction. He read this morning when he was going through those passages in Romans chapter 8 that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And then it actually makes a statement, who shall separate us from the love of God? Church, do you understand that if you're going to earnestly contend for the faith, you've got to keep your love life with God right? Think about it. The Ephesian church, was, which was the apostolic church in Romans chapter number 2, I'm sorry, forgive me, Revelation chapter number 2, what was the only thing that God said was wrong with them? Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Thou hast what? Left your first love. Just remember, I think if we're not careful, when you first got saved, God was everything to you. You could not get enough of him. Listen, there's some of you that have just started coming, and man, I, and I love it. I love it when you find somebody, uh, either they, either, kind of two different scenarios here. A person who just gets saved and they get in church, and then it seems like, man, they can't write enough, they can't listen well enough, they can't ask enough questions. You've got the person who just got saved, then you've got that other person who, they've been saved for a while, but they haven't been growing and then they come to church like this where they, they hear the word of God and we kind of walk through the scriptures and what the scriptures are teaching. And man, they're so excited. But then there's a third group. It's the person who's been saved a long time and they've been the, the child that's grew up in this church and they've, they've heard everything and they've been listening to every service. And now it's... <gasps> Pastor went past just 27 minutes tonight. I want to tell you something. You are not going to earnestly contend for the faith if you don't have your love strengthened with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I mean stay in love with him. Have a desire for him. That when you get up in the morning, your first thought is him. That, that throughout the day, when it comes to in all thy ways, acknowledge him. That you're asking him on a regular basis because you're, that you want to be attached to him. You love what he did. We love him. Why? Because you're saved tonight because of the love of Christ. I don't know if I can say it correctly, but I was studying a verse here this last week. Um, that I'm going to quote the verse if I can. He scorned at the scorners, chapter 3, verse 32, if I remember correctly, Proverbs. He, uh, uh, he scorned at the scorners, but he gives grace unto the lowly. That the, other, the, the grace to the lowly is mentioned twice in the New Testament, where it says he giveth grace to the humble. But in the Old Testament, he says... He giveth grace to the lowly. And I never really thought of it this way before, but that word lowly means to have an attitude of nothingness. You know what I think our problems are? We have an attitude of somethingness. Is that a word there? I didn't think so. I like making up words. 
We have this attitude that we're, it's about us and we're something and we have what we have because of our own grit and our own struggle and our own fight and that's why we are. Church, we are because of the grace of God. We don't deserve to live in America or to be able to raise in a Christian home or to have a church that we can gather together. We don't deserve to be able to be in a church, to be able to send them out or to be able to start a church. We don't deserve it. Can I just tell you that we need to have that attitude of nothingness, that it's the grace of God. Because I want to tell you something. It'll keep you in love with God when you figure out it's not a love of you, it's a love of him. Amen. How's he going to earnestly contend for the faith in Africa? Same way you're going to earnestly contend for the faith in Lawrence, Kansas. You've got to make sure that you don't stop loving God. You've got to love him. You know, a lot of times in marriages, uh, the reason there's divorce, the top four reasons for divorce in America is number one, because of in-laws, I can't tell you that's the right order, but the top four reasons for divorce is in-laws, finances, romance, or communication. When a person's lacking in one of those four areas, you usually start struggling in a person's marriage, and all of a sudden, you know, they start using that word divorce. And by the way, there's no cause for divorce. If you're married, it's till death do you part. That's what the Lord wants, okay? But I find that it's interesting that one of the top reasons in the United States of America for people getting divorced, where almost 50% still, almost 50% of people get divorced today, is because of lack of romance. Listen, church family, can I just, can I just remind you, just because you're an independent Baptist doesn't mean you're a caveman. Just because you're independent Baptist doesn't mean you have to be stern when it comes to your spouse. You know, sometimes I think that we're, we, if we're not careful, we know we're on our way to heaven. This is what the Bible says. This is what we're supposed to do. We almost get mechanical because we're so goal-oriented. We got to do this next. We got to do this next. We got to do next. You know, I'm going to tell you, some of you fellas, it would do you good just to take a day off work. Take your wife out for a date. Now, she won't know what that is, but you ought to. The pendulum in marriage as well as ministry can swing so far one direction and can swing so far the other direction. How come we can't just Christians to be balanced? I've had people come to my office before. Oh, I just don't love my wife. Did you love her when you married her? Well, yeah. Well, then go back to doing what you did when you got married. Did you hold, your, hold her hand when you, got, when you first got married? Then hold her hand now. Did you put your arm around your wife when you first got married? Put your arm around her now. Did you take her out on a date when you first got married? Then take her out for dates now. Did you give her a big kiss when you first got married? Then give her a bigger one now. Kiss is not a bad word, by the way. Just to let you know. Pucker up. Stacy, we want to show them how this works. Can I just tell you that the relationships that we have with one another, we work at making sure that we stay in love. And I want to tell you something as a Christian, you better make sure you keep working at staying in love with Christ because that's what causes you to earnestly stay, contend for the faith. There's one more that's interesting here. Not only as far as making sure that you stay in the book, stay in prayer, stay in love. Look what he says last of all in verse number 21. He says this, <clears throat> keeping yourselves, verse 21, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto, what's the last two words? Church, I mean, I, I've studied this out and I've gone to commentaries because uh, sometimes when, when you look at something, it's not what it means on the surface. Usually there's deeper meaning. I really believe what the Bible's teaching here is when he says, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. 
Did you know that you're going to heaven because of mercy? Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. mercy. I think that what he's telling us here, and David, what he's telling us here, if you're going to be able to earnestly contend for the faith, you have to always keep in your mind the Lord's coming back. His return is mercy, by the way. Because can I just tell you something? Without that mercy, we would be on this earth and go through the tribulation period. We'd be on this earth and we'd all die and go to hell. But because of his mercy, what is mercy? Mercy is not giving us what we do deserve. Psalm 103.10, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. He did not give us what we deserve. That's mercy. And, And he used the word looking there. And I think what it means is that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back someday and he's going to rapture us out and take us home to heaven. And that's mercy. He said, look for it. Look for it. I'm tired. I'm discouraged. I I don't have finances. Well, get up tomorrow morning and say, even so come Lord Jesus. Earnestly contend for the faith. Church, I'm going to tell you something. So many people are quitting. Tonight's message is really for David and Katie Joe. Don't quit. David and Katie Joe, God's got a purpose for your life. You know God's call up on your life. He wants to use you over there. We can't be there, but you're our representative, and you are a representative for several other churches who are supporting you. I don't want them to quit. When I think of, out of our own church, when I think of Ben and, uh, and Lindsay over in uh, Arua, Uganda, I think of uh, David and Delight and Panama City, Panama. And now our third one to leave here, again, as far as mission work. David and Katie Joe go to Kenya, Africa. There's just, they seem like there's a piece missing. It's to a degree, it's almost like if if you have children in here, to a degree, it's like when your kids grow up and they leave home. I know that you're, you feel the same way if you have children. I, in my heart, I don't think there's anything I would not want to do for my children. Even, even after they're gone. I don't think there's anything I would not want. This just because they're mine. Church family, this is our family that's leaving. That's our family leaving. And I want to tell you, I can't be with my uh, immediate family kids as they leave the house. But man, I sure hope they make it. Can I just tell you, I can't be with David and Katie Joe. I plan on going to Africa and, and seeing them. Man, I don't like the flight, though. But anyway, uh, I'm flying over, flying over there. But can I just tell you, I want them to make it. Amen. You know how they're going to make it? Build up their faith. Build up yourself upon the Holy Word. Stay in the Word of God. You know how they're going to make it? Praying in the Holy Ghost. You know how they're going to make it? Uh, keeping that, that love for God. You know how they're going to make it? Looking for the mercy that God's going to come back for us someday. Hey, you know how you're going to make it? Same way. That's how you're going to make it. Ah, the Christian life, it's so hard. The Christian life's not hard. It's just that we're in a a battle and it's a fight. And sometimes he said, don't be weary in well-doing for in due season what? You should reap if what? Okay, so yes, it is a fight and yes, it is a struggle. But you need to earnestly contend, struggle, fight. Keep going. How do you do that? Stay in the book. How do you do that? Keep praying. How do you do that? Be in love with Christ. How do you do that? Look for his return. You can do it.
David and Katie Joe, we're going to miss you, but I want to tell you this much. When you first, uh, during those teen years, I read a question in my mind. Are you sure you really want to go to Africa? When you came to me after college and said, you know, I'd like to go to Africa, in my mind I thought, are you sure you want to go to Africa? You know, when you got done working for Vista Loma and it was time for you to come on staff, and I know you still were anxious to go, in my mind I think, I don't, God, are you, do you really want him to go to Africa? I look at you now after deputation and I say, I'm so glad God wants you to go to Africa. I really think the Lord's going to use you, and I mean that. Excited in anticipation, but at the same token, sad that you're leaving. Tonight, in a few moments, I'm going to give you a, a Bible. <clears throat> Obviously, this is his tool. David, I wrote in your Bible tonight this. Dear David, what a blessing it is to see you grow up, marry, have a family, and now go to Kenya as a missionary. Your dad would have been very proud of you to see the man and missionary you've become. As you serve the Lord in ministry, I will tell you what my father told me. This book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. Your life as a father, a preacher, husband, and missionary will only be successful if you stay close to God. Try to remember that each trial will make you stronger in your faith and more useful for God's honor and glory. Hate to see you leave. I really do. But earnestly contend for the faith. Would you bow your head tonight? Close your eyes for just a moment.